0: Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband, Mark, who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow?
1: <laughs> this is the Moo Man. <laughs>
0: He's back. I love the Almond Cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you can could, could make a plant-based milk with, you're set. And I just have it. I don't need to make make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready, I just make it. It takes a minute. It, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. And for those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There, there are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up. And it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcal.co, and you can use code Lara L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today, I am really excited to have a very, very, very unique individual on. And I mean that because I often have physical therapists or yoga people or... all kinds of inspiring individuals. And Amy Anthony is inspiring in her own right. But we're talking about something that is really outside of my knowledge scope, which is aromatherapy. Amy is known as the aromatic gardener. She is a certified clinical aromatherapist and aromatic gardener. She is aromatherapy educator, an herbalist, a gardener. She's certified master composter. I mean, she's got it all going on. And we really parse out the difference between aromatherapy that you might just get with a massage versus aromatherapy to be used for your daily life or sometimes in your life when you need to feel more energy or to feel more relaxed. Of course, there's aromatherapies that you'll recognize but we also talk about some ones you might not know about and how to find good essential oils, how to use them effectively and safely, and then she shares with us ones that we should all kind of have at the house if we if we wanted to. Like I I, I ask her, "How which ones should we have?" and so she names those. It was an amazing talk with a really really passionate woman. So please enjoy my talk with Amy. Welcome Amy. I'm so happy to have you on today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's begin um, at the beginning. How you got to the point where you are right now, I think it's always interesting to hear people's stories, because, especially when you've taken a route that is a little bit um, alternative, you know, just to, to understand, like, how you came to this. Often, it's a really, there's a story behind it. So let us know yours. I
1: love to share it, and um, the more I share, the more I, it's, It's not like you're giving someone permission, but you're like, yeah, I could do that too. Mm -hmm. So I was a gardener since I was a kid. I grew up in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. By wetlands, I would go play with the skunk cabbage and milkweed. And it was part of my mother's life, part of my life. And fast forward to being a miserable teenager, but I was always gardening I was in junior college. I lived in Jamestown, New York, at the time, in this really crappy neighborhood, supporting myself, you know, getting through junior college. And I had a garden in this really like crack neighborhood, literally. And I asked my landlord permission. He said yes. And like, no matter where I've lived, I've tried to keep my hand in the dirt, as it were. And you know, I was in Western New York, I was miserable. I must get back to the East Coast. And I was like, I love New York City. I need to be there for the art, the culture, but you're ungrounded here. Like literally I moved here four stories up. So I was always finding a way to be in the weeds and I went to school like most of us do. I uh, liked market research that really appealed to me. So statistics, survey design, and I started a career in that even when I was in college and uh, it was a nice career, but I was it wasn't for me, and I always wanted to study herbalism. You know, I always there's this calling. So, twenty twelve, essential oils were creeping into my life. You know, you found a bottle of eucalyptus at Whole Foods and putting it in my humidifier. I'm like, what's this stuff? And then I found a workshop at a store here on Florage, New York City. If you're ever in Manhattan, it's a great store. I took a workshop and I was hooked. And then I was just compelled to read and research. And then I was miserable at my, I just wasn't, my job wasn't for me. And my spouse is very supportive, very wonderful human being. And I was just on this journey of suddenly, I must study aromatherapy. I must become certified in aromatherapy. And it was a calling. So I've been asked like, Amy, what's this path? And like the doors were opening, the universe was saying, hey, and I was just saying yes and I was gratefully in this weird space to say yes because the school I studied at opened in 2015, three blocks from me Mm. in New York City. And then I became certified level one and level two. And then I I became a teacher, a certified teacher. So that's my story in a nutshell. It's a long-winded one.
0: No, it's great. And um, I'm curious how you would define for people that you meet at a cocktail party, and they're like, what, you do, what do you do, Amy? And you're like, I'm an aromatherapist. And I'm sure people have an idea, but how would you define what is an aroma, What is aromatherapy? Well, I have to start with the, it's a great question, because a lot of people don't really know
1: what it is. And the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, I like the wee lavender smells, or I like rose. And it's like, oh, this is why I'm an educator. So I would just say... The textbook definition, the therapeutic application of genuine and authentic essential oils. And then you get down the rabbit hole of starting to describe the distillation process, how concentrated these things are, how we're working with genuine botanicals and not synthetics. And it opens this whole conversation.
0: (laughs) I bet. Right? Because like like you said, I think a lot of people might be like, oh, and massage when they do the hands and they come underneath. But it's not just the the actual aroma it's not just the smell right yeah. what are the can you kind of bracket like what does it all encompass when you when you teach in your own practice of aromatherapy what it, what does that look like uh, so I love this question because I've got to slowly
1: come to see how do you explain this and I like think about aromatherapy as a, a nice layered cake <laughs> and you have this entrance point of scent recognition it's like such a vital part of our existence even if you can't smell you're still inhaling stuff that's going into your body and there's scent receptors all over your body so if you temporarily lost your sense of smell you know the molecules still affect you we'll get into that in a second but there is that like i recognize that scent it's grapefruit oh grapefruit reminds me of this memory right? And we can still form new memories and scent is very integrated into that. Scent actually is kind of directional. It could tell you, like, take you back in time, tell you where you are, are, and it helps you notice like literally where you are. Like, I smell that. I know that uh, the forest is to the east. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It's fascinating. And then we go into the, like, Liking and disliking, which I really try to coach people to get past liking and disliking and aroma, because aromas are neutral in a sense, they're information. And then there's the chemistry and the molecules that go in and can uh, dock onto receptor sites. So through inhalation, through their really volatile smallness, they can dock and go onto the olfactory tract in that, that mucosa. And then we can inhale them into our bloodstream. This is all happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's this cake, right, that you have to keep peeling the layers or eating. Just eat the whole cake, you know, because you are.
0: <laughs> yes. Why not eat it all? <laughs> so I guess um, I love that explanation. And, and going deeper into that, uh, the smell, like you said, there's there's memory with that and there's receptors and... But what are some of the medicinal um, benefits that people might not be aware of, you know, in terms of the different, um, the different herbs that you use in ar- aromatherapy?
1: Th- thank you for saying the word herbs because we are focusing on specific aromatic plants, right? So we, d- we can't get an essential oil from, I'm just trying to think of, like heliotrope or like St. John's. No, i lying St. John's work. Yes, like black cohosh. And even though we know that's really beneficial for especially women. Um, I'm pausing because I just lost my train of thought because I was like going into black cohosh land.
0: <laughs> <laughs> People oh, are like my... black cohosh land. What's that? Um, no, so I was saying like, what are the medicinal qualities <laughs> yes. of the herbs? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's what I'm here yeah. for.
1: I Thank you. So uh, one thing I love is that the aromatics, the essential oils are mind-body connectors. And when we are working with an essential oil or the tea, like an aromatic plant in the tea, you have the memory, emotions. I like that. That feels good. Plus, because you're smelling this, it's entering your body. It works on your nervous system, your neuroendocrine system. So as a way of coaching, I like to get people to think of, like, I have cypress with me which is kind of a complex oil. Well, let's say you're smelling it and you might have an opening in the respiratory tract because of some of its chemistry. And then you might have an association with it. And then furthermore, there's mind-body. So body might be like the, I can breathe a little better because that's affecting my physiology that way. And then the mind part Uh, we get into the esoteric stuff a bit, but it might help relax you in your nervous system. And there's this deeper part of like spiritual work where Cyprus is known for generations to work with grief and processing grief and transitions and death, even Mm. death. It could be death of a concept or it could be a passing of a loved one. But there's all these things. If you go into an aromatherapy textbook, you'll see like, you know, great for aches and pains and, you know, great for emotions. Like,
0: it's more of the more layers in the cake. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I... So I'm definitely one. I have loved aromatherapy, essential oils, and um, had a practitioner come to when I had a yoga studio and, you know, loved all of that. and, And it had, yeah, you would open up the little book and it says, this is great for, you know... Mosquito bites, this is great for headaches. Um, How does one, how how has all that knowledge been assimilated? Oh, that's a fun question because this is when you can raise the
1: BS flag on some stuff. Yeah, Um, right. Exactly. Because
0: I'm sure there's a lot of essential oils out there that are not, you know, whatever the purest form
1: well, there's the form, too, and there's the knowledge. Like, there's mm-hmm. this body of evidence we're trying to gather as an industry. There's actually a call now. I, I am the New York State representative for the Alliance of International Aromatherapists, mm-hmm. and there's a call for case studies, and we need more evidence. So a lot of times when you look at a classic book, like, I'm just going to go to my shelf really quick here. Sure. Uh, the, complete, the Complete Guide to Aromatherapy, by Salvatore Battaglia. He's in Australia. This is kind of a classic, you know, this is like a college level book, A to Z. And you'll notice a lot of the notes, and this is a great resource. A lot of stuff still refers to herbalist knowledge. Ethno, you know, ethnobotany and stuff that's handed down in herbalist stuff is still referenced. Now to get the evidence of essential oil stuff, there is a lot of research in their anti antimicrobial nature, antibacterial nature. A lot of um, like agriculture research working with livestock, but the human body and that evidence, we're still trying to get more
0: quote evidence that everyone wants. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I imagine, I mean, I know I've traveled to um, many different countries and continents, and it's always fascinating how people that have lived there their entire lives and their you know parents grandparents um they've passed down this knowledge of like oh when you have gas you just pick this thing you know pick it up and this herb and then you eat it or you rub it and and it's just so a lot of it is not quite an oral tradition but like you said it's not evidence-based it's it's just it has been known to work and so it's been passed on so what you're saying is your group is trying to now put um more of the science data behind what we already know to be true which is always the case with alternative medicine it's been working for thousands of years (laughs) and nobody questioned it but we put it into this kind of silo of of everything needs to have peer-reviewed double-blind study which is important And I I think we'll go into why that is important because in an industry like this, which I imagine is in the billion dollars, um, that there is room for a lot of um, charlatans and and kind of stuff that isn't good, that the consumer is not going to know the difference. Correct.
1: Yeah, you touched on so many nuggets there. But, um, yeah, there's a call for... I'm just pausing because there's a lot of aromatherapists, and aromatherapy is an adjunct, right? It's a support. So you'll have nurse practitioners that become aromatherapists, doctors. I've had students that are doctors that wanted to study aromatherapy, yoga professionals, uh, hypnotherapists. You know, you get it. It's like we just need, we want the evidence because you'll have the naysayers being like. Even though I've seen ginger work for multiple cases with pregnancy, with uh, whatever, like ginger works to help with nausea and that's becoming more and more accepted in hospitals with cancer patients. So like we're slowly getting this evidence. So it becomes more mainstream, even though, you know, when you're little, your mom might have given you ginger ale when you had an upset stomach. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like, yeah, this stuff works. And I just want to tie this back like ginger, the essential oils work so Intimately with the neuroendocrine system, I cannot stress that enough. So by olfaction only, you could change a lot about your your state of being at, in like 30 seconds to three minutes.
0: Can it's- you give an example of that for like, so we know people are more stressed than probably they have ever been. We've had a lot of, we've had a lot happening in the last number of years that has led to that. And there's... we and studies have shown that people there is higher levels of anxiety what are what are some um what are some aromatherapy uh mo, you know te- modalities that you would recommend for that you no know what so i really like to keep it so
1: simple cuz i don't advocate like the diffuser lifestyle diffusion has its place i don't want people to just keep to keep buying products so you could basically get any essential oil out there now each they're kind of uppers and downers, so let's say you want to feel a little calmer. I don't want to call on lavender because she's overused a lot. Um, I was just blending for some clients, and I'm uh, I'm just pulling benzoin here. It's a resin, mm-hmm. and it's very modulating. And one thing I like to do, you just think, do I need to feel a little calmer or maybe a little more alert? So you look at your palette. And all you have to do is open the bottle and smell it or get a cotton pad or a toilet tissue piece and put a drop of oil on that and smell it and i guarantee it's a strong word give yourself three minutes of quiet and just smelling normally having that drop really close to your nose and just see what happens that's all you need it's really sneaky
0: so in other words (laughs) people are their physiology is really individualized to a degree. Like what might work really well for you might not have the same impact for me. Correct. Correct. So when you're working with someone, um, let's just, I know you have private clients and so you might get some private clients from this call, from this uh, podcast. But so when, what do you do? Like a download, like what are your concerns? What are you, like, where do you feel out of balance? Take us a little bit through that process of like the inquiry of um, to better understand what you feel like their needs might be. So uh,
1: it really starts like, I think if you could just imagine going into getting a massage or if you have an intake, I don't really do pre-screening. I am by referral only in that sense. It's like, I you you coming into my home. I, I have this whole session for you, but we sit and talk. And I have a formal intake form. You sign an agreement that I'm not prescribing anything or doing that, but we sit and chat about why are you here? What are your needs? And we just drill down. And often it is education with my client plus creating something for them. So, uh, you know, many people that find me know about aromatherapy, So they might say like, hey, I had a client just a handful of weeks ago for menopause for hot flashes. And she, we, chatted. It's like I do 90-minute sessions. We chatted. I, we talk. I pull a bunch of oils from my collection as we're talking. And then I present them, weeded down to the client to say, all right, I made choices. Now we need to make a blend. We can't put 15 oils in or 10. I won't give you 15 to choose from. And then the client is part of the process because maybe that person hates something I chose because of a bad memory. They just hate the way it smells. So it becomes really individualized and they become a part of the process. Hmm. Um, I want to pause because I could keep going on about the session.
0: well, I'm also interested like if if it is so individualized, is it possible to have a consumer just go out and buy an essential oil because it's worked? on a lot of people and have it be effective is there anything that kind of goes under a bucket that like unless somebody's had a terrible memory that's associated with being nauseous or something like these are some essential oils that work similarly on almost everyone
1: yeah that's a really good clarifying question because it it goes back to that concept of like you have the uppers and downers the clarifiers and the things that might make you a little more sleepy and like hands down Uh, when worked with in small amounts, because too much of the oil can have the opposite effect to become really irritating to your whole system. But lavender is, sleep makes people uh, not sleepy necessarily, but will really like downregulate the nervous system and promote a sense of peace and sleep. Even more so, Roman chamomile has some chemistry in it that is great on the digestive tract right but is incredibly calming and very like settling and sleepy peppermint great for aches and pains but like hands down most people will have this brightening uplifting effect same with the eucalyptus i want to call upon um you know good quality frankincense this is a, a call out to when you're looking at the little bottle It should have the Latin name. You want to know who you're looking at because there's different species, like really get to look at the label. Um, But frankincense has been worked with for clearing the mind, offering up the mind to meditative states. Um, It's kind of like a hands down thing. So to go back to like we were talking about, go to the literature, see how people were using it, the working with the plant, and you'll probably have that effect.
0: You don't have to get fancy and blend. Yeah. Well, I, unless they can work with you or someone. I mean, so um, is there, what's the difference between just straight up smelling it and letting that physiology happen versus ingesting it? Because I know that a lot of these you can put in um, tablets with some of the concentrated kind of, um, I don't know what it's called, but the holding oil, and then you can ingest it. Yeah, and that's what are your, a, th- yeah. Thoughts on that? <laughs> so, so.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's a controversial topic, especially in I see the main English-speaking countries. So there is schools of thought that you should never ingest essential oils, and um, part of it is just bad information that's out there. So essential oils, when they're properly worked with, can be very beneficial, but. I don't advocate working with them internally unless there is a very specific reason and they have to be treated like medicine because they're so concentrated. I like to put this out there because everyone basically knows lavender. It takes about 350 pounds of flowering lavender tops to get a pound of oil. Right. So So just, it's different for each plant, but like... Essential oils worked with internally are very beneficial for if you have parasites, worms, you get really sick. Uh, I personally was working with myself with pessaries vaginally because I was uh, living with some bad fibroids. um, And I was just waiting for an operation that I recently had. But my point is, I was like, things have to be really specific. They have to be dosed correctly. You have like one drop of oil a day is more than enough because your liver has to go and process all this stuff. So mm, my answer to that is what's the intention for taking it internally? Whereas we know we could turn to herbal remedies like tinctures, teas that might better serve you because the essential oils do so well through olfaction and the topical application and you only need a little bit, right? So one thing I've done when I teach is like I always have people drink tea made of the actual plant material to stress. Like, drink the
0: lemon water. Don't put the lemon essential oil in the water because okay, you can start. So, to... Yeah. So tell us the difference again between like the plant content that would be in a digestive form, whether it's drinking or some other way, versus in the concentrated aromatherapy form. So, like, essential oils, so let's say I take the lemons,
1: and I want my gorgeous lemon oil. Now, lemons and the other citruses are actually cold-pressed because when you steam distill, that's how essential oils are obtained, obtained, is through steam distillation. And now CO2 extraction is becoming more common but when you're pressing out all that beautiful oil of the lemon in the rind you're leaving a lot of other good stuff behind right you're yeah. just getting like a bunch of chemistry that's incredibly volatile you're, you're you're getting color with the lemon and stuff but you're not getting vitamin c you're not getting nutrition you are getting a high dose of d-limonene it's like so much of it is in there and d-limonene is in so many other essential oils it's it's a part of the alphabet of Is chemistry. that an
0: enzyme you're talking about or what is it's that? It's the
1: actual mo- molecule.
0: Molecule. Okay.
1: So, yeah. It's just gorgeous chemistry. So you're you my my answer to that is regardless of the plant when you're looking at the essential oil, you're getting just the most volatile tiny lipid loving actually components over into that and then behind is all the nutrition. You know, all of the um, enzymes are being killed. They're being left over in the still. Uh, You're just, it's this really specific chemistry. And I want to tie it back to bringing it back to that mind-body connector and working with the nervous system. Because essential oils can work really nicely, like even perception-wise through smell, but uh, topically with pain. They're really great for working with inflammation of skin, like lavender and chamomile, In inflamed minds, but they're not going to help you do some other things that other herbal remedies can do.
0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Aminoco, my favorite company for amino-based supplementation. While I use many of their products, today I'm highlighting the Purity line. Purity is just like it sounds like. It's designed to accelerate the export of fat triglycerides out of the liver, which helps reduce overall liver fat levels and helps maintain normal levels of liver enzymes. The liver is vital to all metabolic processes in the body and is primarily responsible for removing toxins, processing nutrients from food, breaking down fats, and building proteins. I use purity as a bonus to help my liver function more optimally. Even though I'm living a pretty clean life, I feel better knowing that purity is helping me filter out the inevitable toxins that we all encounter. This drink helps me feel refreshed and motivated to keep my organs functioning their best. I mix it with a powder in water or in my favorite smoothie. You can find out more about AminoCo in episode 569 when I interview the, one of the founders, Dr. Robert Wolf. You can also shop my favorite 100% science-based amino acid supplements and save 30%. Just enter code LIT at aminoco.com slash LIT. Again, aminoco, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash LIT. So my next question, because I think people that have been exposed to aromatherapy, the general public, have heard of these big companies, you know, the doTERRAs, the um, Young Living. Um, can you tell us what your thoughts are on them? Ah, ah. Gonna well, ask the hard it, questions. Yeah.
1: No, it's a good question because um, my response is always those companies have lovely oils. If you want to go with them, that's totally fine. But when you look at an essential oil, you look at the entire supply chain. You look at the plant that that came from, where it was growing, whose land was it on, who harvested that, who distilled it, how are those workers being treated? There's this whole line. And then you look at these bigger companies that are marking up prices and you're, it's just like, I struggle with this because plants are for everybody. And then you have people just pushing product. And it's something I struggle with. That's why I like education. Because I could share the good news about essential oils. I can make a specific product for you. But I'm not here just to put sprays on a shelf and have them, like, get sold as a commodity. So that's my slick way of answering that. Because I'm not going to bash a company. But it's like, well, let's step back and really look at what is plant medicine about. Right. Like, I... You can go right outside your gorgeous, where you are right now, and go have aromatherapy by being by the conifer trees and smelling those
0: terpenes. It's free. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So for those who do want to get involved that don't live in New York um, and don't necessarily want to purchase from big companies, do you have any recommendations of companies or how to look for the information behind, you know, like all the things you just mentioned, where it was, you know, where it was grown, how it was grown, how it was produced, who did that? Yeah, so uh, I wanna say two things. I
1: take notes as we chat. Firstly, um, good resources are to go to our, organizations like the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy, or I mentioned I'm a member of both, or the Alliance of International Aromatherapists.org. These are bodies that are, like, the AIA is all volunteers. We want to have ethical standards, educational standards, and guidelines for safety, schools that uh, adhere to those guidelines. So check out those organizations and there's like the CFA up in Canada. There's other organizations globally. But you could go there and find a school, you could find free information, you could find a local aromatherapist therapist to work with. I'm a huge advocate of supporting your local person. I want you to smell the oils in person.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not something you can do virtually. So, no, it's, it's where tough. do you Yeah, where do you get your supply from? A lot of places. So
1: um, I'm just going to say like in front of me, there's a couple places, but like yesterday I stopped at Enflarage, the place I mentioned. Yes. Where I took a workshop back in 2012. Um, I go there when I'm like, I have an essential oil emergency. Uh, But like Veritas is one company, Rome is associated with. There's a company called, and I don't advocate for any brands, by the way. Right. Uh, Plant Therapy is one. Floracopia, Florihana, uh, Nature's Gift in Tennessee. It's a lovely company. Still Point Aromatics. There's just this gamut of like local people, like people that are like local, and they just had a passion, and they started to get to know suppliers. And you asked before, like when you're looking at an oil, if you're on the website. You ideally have, no, you should have, uh, what's the plant, what's the Latin name, what's its common name, what plant part is it from? Because lavender, we have the flowering tops. If you just see its lavender flowers, oh, my gosh, that's going to be so expensive.
0: Wow. And you want to
1: see a batch number,
0: ideally, the -hmm. country it's from. Um, So the batch number, is that telling you... um... Like how long, like is there an expiration on how long these oils are good for?
1: So the batch number is good for accountability and traceability. So if you are doing uh, actually a case study or writing up some evidence, you could trace back the plant and all that. But, um, and it's good if, if something was wrong, you could go back to the supplier and say, hey, I have batch number XYZ, something happened, let's look into this. But essential oils, if they're stored properly, Um, your citruses and your conifers, the pines and those gorgeous things, they oxidize readily. It's part of the chemistry. So the bottle, and ideally, you're only buying five mils for a household, you know, or two mils or five mils. That could last you up to two years, just keep them out of sunlight. Lavender can last for three years, four years. Uh, The heavier oils, like your incredibly precious sandalwood or your vetiver, I think a lot of people have heard of that, a patchouli. Their chemistry is different. They're a little thicker. They don't oxidize as as readily. So five years, six years, seven years. But it really is buy what you need and then just treat it like really fine
0: wine or a really fabulous perfume and treat it with respect. Mm, I love that. I think that's the other... Kind of downfall. I'm not going to say ne- like in a negative way, but that's a downfall with some of those bigger companies. Is they really you like are buying a lot, and then you keep they keep coming, and you're just you know I've done it before, so I know. <laughs> and my husband's like, "Do we need any more oils?" And <laughs> so I love that. I love that. Um. Well, tell us about like what is your kind of regimen. I mean, I know that's always like. Funny, it's like when people ask me my regimen of what I eat or how I move. But kind of what have you found that just keeps you balanced? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. That's a really tough question to answer because I'm
1: around the oils every day. Um, so there's that. But part of it is having the self-awareness of being like, oh, Amy, you're in a rut now. Or maybe some its often something's happening in my life. Or like, I'm going to pause and say I haven't been sick since I've worked with the oils. That's interesting, yeah, right? That They're is. very
0: antimicrobial, uh, and especially antibacterial. But and that's just by through the aroma. That's not by ingesting. It's just purely through the olfactory system. Through olfaction, Correct. yeah. Olfaction, yeah.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks for clarifying because. When I work internally with myself, it might be for three days, five days. Again, like that really thoughtful protocol. But I have an aroma stone in front of me. Mm. Uh, And like I'll be in my bathroom and I might have an oil that's getting old. And I might just put a drop or two of that pine oil on. And it's kind of in there. But like thoughtfully... I might be going through a period of uh, anger because we've had a lot of construction here in New York City, below us, next to us. So if I find myself being like, oh, you need to get a handle on yourself, I'll make myself like a rollerball. And this is a tip for everyone because you don't have to overdo aromatherapy. You can have your rollerball that's made for like addressing anger. And all I do, and this works every time for me, is I just roll it along my jawline. Mm -hmm. I go... Let me demonstrate. Along the jawline one, two, three, one, two, three feels nice on the lymph. Yeah. I massage it in. If I would do that twice a day, you know, like I I do it or like I leave my apartment. I might put it on in the elevator. So that's kind of like my anchor. Mm-hmm. I notice, like, because it's sneaky aromatherapy. You might notice after like three days with that use of twice a day, you know. Oh. I don't feel so ugh. Right. Like life's still happening, but I don't feel so... I'm not ugh. so reactive to it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a little more balanced. Mm. And that's what aromatherapy does. Like on the mind. And then also like when you're working with it topically for like say yeah. pain and inflammation, it's going to just help the body do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really gentle. I'm going to share something I... I I want to be careful what I share here because um, I'm working with my dog now. She just went through radiation therapy. She'll be 13 in two days and she developed the burn, the you know, radiation burn. And I took my, uh, here's the spray. Actually, it's a two ounce spray of Yarrow hydrosol and uh, chamomile hydrosol. So that's part of the distillation process As we get the aromatic waters as well. And in that two ounces. I put two drops of lavender oil, and I spray it, and I put it on her two times a day. And her, and I'm putting a, a base oil on her as well, an herb, an oil. Her burn looks really amazing over just a couple days. So, that's amazing. Uh, you know, yeah, and again, I, I, I want to be careful that I say this, but I'm using the hydrosols with her. They're really well, and so also, much more dilute. Probably
0: people who are not doing this as a profession shouldn't just randomly try this on a pet or themselves. Exactly. So I think that's what you're trying to say. All right. You can. uh, Yeah. But it's effective and and lovely.
1: So it's, it's just the hydrosols are beautiful for folks that don't know what that is. If you think about going to a culinary store and buying rose water, like genuine rose water, that's obtained through distillation. And it's, you could buy neroli water, to give a shout out to that on store, they have like their own frankincense hydrosol because they distill frankincense, so it's another nice application uh, of aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I we just gave see, you something, yeah. something yeah. really personal about my dog. So oh, it's, I, I it's just know like, it's, it's uh, happening my... right now. So it's, yeah, it's a
0: good story to share. That is, and I hope I hope there's full recovery. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Um, so if someone were having pain. But it wasn't like major, let's just say an ankle sprain, but it's not terrible, wants to keep moving. Is there anything like you would say, like, roll this on there just to help the healing? Yeah. So
1: this goes back to that great question you had before, because you could go and get peppermint oil from a, like, don't go to Walmart. You know, I went to what store was I in the other day and I saw helichrysum oil for like And it's like, no way. That's just no no way that that's possible. Um, But if you go get a decent peppermint oil, it's a great analgesic Mm -hmm. and it will bring that cooling heating sensation. The great thing about oils is so many of them are effective. Lavender rolled on, uh, especially spike lavender, Lavendula Latifolia, really great for inflammation. Rosemary works really great for inflammation. So well, I am sh- I just shared some of the greatest hits there. And I want to share a quote with you that there's this aromatherapist uh, and he has a school on the West Coast, Kurt Schnaubelt. Is it Pacific Aromatherapy? Really well respected. He has this great quote that basically says, a lot of people will be surprised to find that regardless of which oil you work with or use, you will have similar results. Interesting. I love that because... When you start to look at the chemistry behind a lot of the common oils, they're all they are all, they're all sharing a lot of that same chemistry, just in different proportions. Oh, wow. So it's just kind of getting to know like, oh, the lavender might make me a bit sleepy, so maybe I'm going to reach for the peppermint for that uplifting effect for the pain. Mm-hmm. Frankincense and chamomile are great with pain and arthritis.
0: Mm. I so, love that. You know, but,
1: yeah, I'm going to go back to this book, The Complete Guide to Aromatherapy. If you go in one of these books and just look at therapeutic actions, you'll see over and over again, anti-inflammatory, analgesic. You are know, like, do all the oils do the same thing? Right. So it's just kind of the practitioner's job to get to know the oils a little better. But, you know, you're you're okay going to a health food store and getting your, like, set of five well, and so what would, be,
0: what would be the set of five that you would say? Like somebody says, I want, you know, I only want to get five. What are, what does Amy recommend? Those five. Uh, Lav- Lavender sounds like one of them. It's kind of a go-to.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to loop back to that, but I just want to give a shout out to this. There's this British aromatherapist, Val- Valerie Ann Worwood. highly prolific, And I remember buying this book of hers that she just had this book that was like two inches thick, let's say, and it was just basically the same oils over and over again. And I remember being so disappointed because I was young in my studies. So it was just like, you know, get your rosemary for clarity and uplifting, great respiratory support. I want to say you have to have a decent frankincense in your life Uh, but frankincense I turn to for that more calming clarity and like the, it's classic for meditation. Like Mm -hmm. people got it right for thousands of years. Uh, so rosemary is, rosemary is great for aches and pains. Frankincense is too. Rosemary is a bit more, um, again, clarity. There's evidence that it helps with things like brain fog and memory retention. Peppermint doesn't hurt. It's great for nausea. I'd say ginger has to go in there, so I'm already up to four. I need more than five. You can do more than five.
0: <laughs> go for it.
1: Okay? I but think gi- somebody will, would buy seven if you said you have these seven. Ha! Huh! Yeah. Ginger for nausea. Ginger's also warming, uh, grounding. Again, aches and pains. But you get the theme. A lot of things are good for aches and pains. Lavender gets you into the more calming. Great for calming the mind. Great for calming inflamed skin. There's a reason. It's like apple... <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, lavender and chamomile will go really well together, especially if you have immunocompromised people, the young ones, my little doggy, mm-hmm. uh, calming. So those are calming on the mind, calming on the GI tract. Uh, but I want to share another way of looking at things that I find is really helpful is to look at something I learned in my studies called morphology. So, and you look at like the chakras, you have your root oils, right? So you could get your ginger and your vetiver. You have your seed oils. A go-to would be like fennel and coriander. Uh, Heart chakra. I skipped the stomach, the solar plexus, but heart chakra, rose, maybe neroli. Maybe uh, the throat chakra, leaves, which also helps with respiration. A lot of the conifers, the eucalyptus, the rosemary. Frankincense, up top, clarity. So you could start to look at things that way, too, which you get to use more oils that way.
0: I know. I like that. I like that. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I could talk to you. I am just really blown away with your knowledge, but your passion. It's so apparent that this is um, you found your calling. And um, I know that there's many that would love to work with you personally, and they're not able to because of where they live. But if someone What I do have New York listeners where how can people find out more about you and possibly even book a session with you? Well, thanks for uh, asking. Um, I already
1: gave a shout out to the Naha and AIA.org to find a local practitioner, but if you do want to geek out with me, I have a, a modest podcast called Essential Aromatica, uh, where I try to, I want to make aromatherapy accessible. So you'll hear me talking about soups I make with herbs, maybe an oil that's out there. I try to demystify some stuff. Uh, and then my website, you could check out some of my articles. I have a recent video on how to smell an essential oil, nycaromatica.com. So I want, I want essential oils to be accessible, not just like you go to a store and see it on a shelf and you're like, what the heck do I do with this? Um, I honestly, I gave a lot of thought to this. I just recently made the decision to give one-on-one educational sessions. So if you don't want me to blend for you, but I'm more than happy to do a, like sessions for a personalized education, honestly. Um, but like you said, I love this. I've had this connection. I got into this
0: just saying yes and I never
1: question it once (laughs) no I love that uh,
0: yeah you're listening to your heart and that's and 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 getting back to that little girl that loved to have your you know hands in the dirt and that connection to nature and how nature is so healing in so many ways just literally the presence of nature but also the smell of nature and then just this um beautiful kind of symbiotic relationship we can have where, well, hopefully we're doing our end of it. But just, you know, um preserving her and also benefiting from the magic that exists there between herbs that you turn into aromatherapy or herbs that you use for other purposes. I think it's it it's not surprising that this is the path you you went down. I really thank you for saying
1: that because I I have a picture of myself from I'm like four or five years old in the garden with this huge smile on my face, and I'm still that five year old. Yeah, I'm like I get I to lo- do this. I know. <laughs> I know it's so fun. Oh my gosh, I love it. What? Uh, but you touched on something, and I know we're going to start wrapping up. But I, I something that occurred to me that I couldn't have told myself or students five years ago. Even though I knew it deep inside, essential oils are a way to help us connect with nature. And this message really became apparent to me over the past, you know, since the pandemic. Because you think, how can I access nature when I'm stuck inside? And you have folks that are living in a studio apartment, you know, and they can't go outside. You're living in New York or, you know, Hong Kong. If you have, some essential oils and some herbal teas. It's a way to connect with nature. And that olfactive, this, this, the essential oils are so small, their molecules that they're so, they just get in there. So Very it's a potent. way to connect, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a way to connect with nature and like you said, to honor her.
0: Um, yeah. Well, it's, I love that you said that this is for everybody and it really is because I think sometimes essential oils have really been kind of um profiled as a little bougie, you know, and yeah. and it shouldn't yeah. be, right? This is again a practice that has been around for thousands of years by um people who are really living uh, in nature and and honoring and understanding that kind of lineage of of healing um power that you know, herbs have and I but I think sometimes that has been disparate of what is sometimes presented in, in in our modern day life. So I love that you said this. It's for everybody. Everybody should be able to have access to this. So thank you for your passion for making it less bougie. <laughs> Thanks for saying that because it's it's
1: really become apparent to me. It it is it's it's like honestly ritual rich white women, mm-hmm. like, stereotype. And it's like, yeah, no, it's
0: this is grandma and grandpa medicine. Totally. Yes. It's, yeah. 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 Not owned by them. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for your passion and the generous spirit of being here. Um, I learned a lot, and I'm very inspired to to implement some of the just advice you gave. So thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you know, your taking the time to have me with you. Thank you. Yeah, so everybody go check out Amy. And as always, I'm pulling for you.